0: Hey there, I can hear myself now, Tommy. I got you, but I got an echo now too. Oh, no, there you go. Yeah, right, we're back. Live radio, what a deal! I was coming in really hot to this show. I just got back from Bozeman. No kidding, five minutes ago. I was sending Tommy the email of the outline to the show from the stoplight. I had to pull over just to make sure we could get sent off safe. So it's definitely cutting it really close. But I was at Montana State fall camp for uh, quite some time earlier on this morning. And that's why I couldn't get out until uh, till a little bit later on here in the day. But here I am back in the saddle. But uh 1029 ESPN.com will have a lot of my skyline sports mt.com content covering Grizz football. Have some multimedia, some video, some audio, some podcasts. We'll hear from Coach Houck tomorrow. Also have some stories. I got my four biggest storylines of the Big Sky Conference, and of Montana Fall Camp coming in. Tommy, what's up, dude? You're here. What's up
3: with you, man? You come in here, you got your mics all wiped out. I mean, you've had a long weekend, brother.
0: I have. A lot of work this weekend. Uh, Only in my world do you take vacation to go work four 15-hour days in a row. But that's the way it rolls this time of year. And I'm excited, about it. I want to get into just some of the meanings and stuff of fall camp. But we got to get through this intro because t- I'm just pulling a two-tell here. We're talking about three minutes into the show, we haven't even got through all the stuff. If you want to listen to us on the stream, we'll 109 on ESPN.com. Stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you want to give me a call, I'd love to hear your thoughts. We're going to start out today talking about fall camp in general, just what it is, the mystique around it, uh, some of the romanticism or lack thereof uh, surrounding fall camp. It's definitely a time that has always been a proving ground for young men. And I know it's a time that gets people very excited. No one's losing football games in college football during the month of August. Everybody's just worried about position battles and internal stuff and uh, just how it's all going to play out. And I think it's a really fascinating time of year. But the way fall camp's conducted, uh, it it has certainly, certainly changed. And so I want to get into a little bit of that. I asked Jeff Choate about it uh, a little uh, during Montana State's fall camp. Um, a couple days ago. All the days are blurring together right now for me, but a couple days ago I asked Jeff Choate about it, and he had some interesting things to say, and I'll also be asking Bobby Houck about it uh, as well. We're also going to talk preseason polls uh, during the Montana football hour. Uh, The Grizz, the Cats, Eastern Washington, Weber State, and UC Davis, all from the big sky in the first Stats FCS poll. And at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Craig Haley. He's the senior editor of FCS Stats and a guy who's covered the FCS on a national level for a really long time. Uh, in the second segment of the Montana Football Hour, here from Brooks, New is my brother, my business partner at SkylineSportsMT.com. Him and I recorded a segment this morning uh, just talking about three big things that we're watching from each Montana and Montana State's fall camp. That's a good discussion that I'm excited to share with you guys. And we're also going to hear uh, a little talk a little bit about Dante Olson. He's on the Buck Buchanan watch list. He's the only player from the Big Sky Conference on the Buck Buchanan watch list. And then in hour two, we get it kicked off with Craig Haley from FCS Stats. We're also going to do another game of Name That Tune, the last one, last entry we're taking for those B52 tickets out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater. Uh, so we got one more Name That Tune, and then tomorrow we'll be picking a winner from our four different entries. And we got a whole bunch of other stuff to tease as well. That's the show Outlook. And today we're going to say it's brought to you by Skyline Sports. Go check out Skyline Sports, Skyline Sports MT.com providing comprehensive coverage from around the big sky conference specifically montana montana state the cats have been rolling fall camp for about four days now and the grizzlies they get started tomorrow they reported yesterday they have a meetings day today and now here they are tomorrow hitting the practice field for the first time so i'll be able to take in most of that practice as well so we'll get that kicked off as well but check out skyline sportsmt.com for your best and most comprehensive big sky conference coverage especially when it comes to the bobcats the grizzlies and the greatest rivalry in the west it is the Montana Football Hour, first hour of every Monday show from here through the rest of 2019. We'll be breaking down football in the state of Montana, mostly Bobcats and Grizzlies, but we'll also touch on some frontier conference stuff. Well, of course, we'll have some high school highlights from you for you, a variety of guests. So stick right here with us every Monday. And this will be this will be a fun one with a bunch of different impressions and audio from Montana State's Fall Camp and some storylines to watch for the Grizz, some position battles I'll be watching. Uh, Just where I think these two teams fit into the national mix. The thing I want to start with, though, is just fall camp in general. One of the most influential and best books I ever read was a book called The Junction Boys by Jim Dent. It was about the Texas A&M teams of the late 1950s when Bear Bryant was still the coach there before he went to Alabama. And I think it's one of the origin points for where so much of the mystique and so much of the glory and so much of the blood and guts narrative that comes from fall camp i think it was sort of originated in that book and we've heard you know the legends of of the old school fall camps under guys like newt rockney and bear bryant and you know joe paterno and a variety of other old school type coaches and it's there's so many different stories you know like you're soft if you need to get a drink of water or we're gonna run you until you're about dead and i think that there's a romanticism attached to it but there's also a foolishness attached to it i mean there's no toughness associated with heat stroke and dehydration. I think that stuff is ridiculous, and I'm glad that stuff has changed. But I was, as I was standing on the rail at Montana State watching fall camp, and the Bobcats, they practice on Deitch Field, which is a, a four-field grass complex across from Bobcat Stadium. They practice there when they're doing a lot of their fundamental work and a lot of their install stuff. And then when they have their quote-unquote play-it days where they're doing a lot of team drills, they go over to Bobcat Stadium. Well, during on the Deitch Field days, I remember uh, as recent. This is my tenth year covering Montana State fall camp, and this this upcoming Grizz camp will be the count them up one two three four five six seventh Grizz camp I've covered. But those haven't been consecutive years because I had that middle gap where I was just covering the Cats, working as the sports editor of the Daily Chronicle over in Bozeman. Uh, but I did cover Montana State's fall camp, or excuse me, Montana's fall camps, two thousand six through two thousand nine, and then I've been back here covering uh, the Grizz covered Bob Stitt's first camp 2015 quite pretty extensively. Not so much 2016, 2017, definitely. And then last year with Bobby Houck, definitely. And, and this will be the second straight year have been covering Coach Houck. Uh, but I, I, I've watched just the way Paul Camp's stuff has, has evolved and changed. And some of it's better. Uh, some of it, I think, helps minimize injuries. Uh, I think it keeps the kids more healthy, more engaged. I think you can get more stuff installed, especially from a mental perspective. And I think all that stuff is good, but I also think that there's a lot of it where the, the proving ground that fall camp used to be the internal competition, the prove who's a bigger man. And I know that's not a popular thing to say in today's America, but I think that's why America gravitates towards football so much, because aside from the the military, it's the last great proving ground when it comes to pure grit and toughness and fortitude for young men in America. I think that's why we gravitate towards it. And Watching fall camp at Montana State, there's some stuff where you can see exactly why they're doing what they're doing. There's a lot of stuff that is systematically planned out and there's a lot more organization than there ever was and there's a lot less chaos than there ever was. I think those are good things. But as my brother was telling me, when he was playing for Coach Houck back in 2009, when you get on the bus to go to the River Bowl or go to Dornblazer Field, you don't know what's coming in practice. You don't have a practice schedule that's pinned on your locker that says period one is going to be individual drills, period two is going to be special teams and all down the line. Now these guys have a systematic plan. They have a meeting to tell them what they're going to do every practice. Then they have the practice schedule in their hands so they can mentally prepare themselves. Then they're expected to go out and execute. And again, I think that's good for the implementation of the mental aspect of football. But in terms of the physicality, the hitting, the winning position battles truly by outlasting another man via your fortitude, that stuff's gone by the wayside quite a bit. And granted, the first three days of camp, I watched at Montana State. First two, no pads. The third, just shells. Uh, And then today, I went down there right before I hit the highway, and it was still shells again. So I haven't seen the full contact version of all this stuff. So it does come with a little bit of a grain of salt. But there's so many times because of this organization where you're prioritizing and you're maximizing the efficiency of everything that you're doing. And again, I think that part is good. But there's also so often where, like for example, when the DBs were doing some Some pod stuff and the special teams guys are over here doing this stuff and and you got some individual work going with the linebackers and and the D linemen the offensive line basically were were doing individual fundamental work but they were just going two at a time when you're talking about a group of 20 that means once your turn goes you wait for nine other pairs of guys to go so you're standing around a lot you have a ton of time to catch your breath. And I think that's good from a health perspective. But I just don't know what that does in terms of the testing of the dudes. Now, the second day at Montana State, they definitely had a pretty vigorous conditioning test at the end of practice to test things. But I I just couldn't help but thinking, man, even just compared to my old fall camps at Big Sky High School back in the early 2000s, or compared to so many of the camps I covered in the mid-2000s at Montana, or even compared to the camps I covered at Central Washington in the early 2010s, and even compared to Jeff Choate's first camp camp no less than four years ago, things just seem a lot more easy. And so I asked Jeff Choate exactly that following Tuesday's practice. We've talked a lot about the way fall camp has changed over the years. Is there anything you miss about how maybe it used to be?
1: Colter, some people like the Clark Fork. Some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We
0: finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River.
1: You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, Look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber-optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana.
0: It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for Internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expand- expanding their fiber network into Bozeman,
1: St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866 541 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL. Drop it in there, goblackfoot.com.
3: I mean, it's, I mean I understand the, the reason we're doing these things and I think it's good for the game as a whole I just feel like I was you know I was born too early and I had to I was thinking about this like we would do I mean even as a coach we're doing doubles in Florida okay that was not a pleasant experience you know and uh so yeah I think that I I really I I applaud the people that are making the changes in the game and I do think it's what's best for the student athlete um but you know I'm I'm old now and so I remember when and you know, the good news is, like I told those guys a couple of years ago when we had our last double days, I think there's going to be a generation of kids that will grow up and not even know what a two-a-day is. You know, is that good for society? I think that's something we should all ponder. And so I'll leave it at that.
0: You guys have talked so much about the family atmosphere. How do you cultivate... Fierce competition within the scope of keeping the family oh, yeah. dynamic.
3: Hey, man, it, it boils over every once in a while, right? I mean, we want to get that thing to 211 and not go to 212 on the water. So, um, and it's okay as long as, as long as they leave it on the field. I think that's part of a healthy competition. And, you know, those DBs are going to jaw at the wide receivers, and you know, you're going to have that going on. And um, as long as they can drop their baggage here and make sure that it doesn't spill over into the locker room, and uh, they can understand that it's all in the spirit of trying to make each other better.
1: With this being your fourth camp, do you think? It, I mean, does it seem a little bit more businesslike? Maybe than it did early when you first got here.
3: Yeah, I, I don't yell as much. I think that's probably good. Um, so I think our kids understand the routine and what we're trying to get accomplished, and uh, I think they understand that we're going to be smart with them and try to, you know, build them for game day. Um, not have a ton of contact, but get what we need to get to have our, our saw sharp and ready to go when we get down to Lubbock. And uh, yeah, it, it feels easier, I guess, because we're all on the same page.
0: To be fair. Real expectations at Montana State this year. So you don't want to wear anybody out. You don't want to have a season-ending injury occur in fall camp. So I get some of the premise of lay it off of them. But I also think that, to be fair, you have to mention just how year-round college football is now. Guys are almost required to be at the school that they attend for 11 months and a week out of 12 months every year. They get about three weeks of leeway, one over Christmas and two in the summer. Besides that, You're likely going to be required to be in summer school, at summer workouts, all sorts of different things. You're going to be required to be at the player run practices that occur throughout the summer. You have 15 spring ball practices spread over the span of six weeks. You have a full fall camp in August leading up to then a four-month season. You have winter conditioning that lasts for eight to ten weeks. So there's very few times when you're not – Competing and working out and trying to be in peak physical condition. So, to be fair, I think it is smart to lay off, guys, to a certain extent. I just think that there's the, the element of toughness and the trials of toughness is something that's gone by the wayside. So, that's Jeff Choate's perspective from Montana State. I can't wait to ask Bobby Houck, uh the same thing tomorrow when I talk to him. I'll be interviewing him around two p.m. So, stay tuned for that. We'll have that on Two Nuanas. It is Two Nuanas and it is the Montana Football Hour every every Monday, first hour of every Monday. We'll be bringing you coverage from throughout the state of Montana when it comes to the sport of football. It's going to be mostly Montana and Montana State, but we'll also have some Frontier Conference stuff. We're going to also have some high school stuff spliced in here. But right now, it is all Montana and Montana State during this Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. The Stats FCS poll came out today. That's the one that I trust the most. It has the most voters in it, about 150 media members from across the country, including myself. I just got granted a vote this year. Very flattered uh, to be granted a vote, which is uh, a sort of an affirmation of everything we've tried to build at Skyline Sports, which it's cool to be recognized as a, a national, a nationally relevant media outlet that covers the big sky, at least we hope, as good as anybody. Uh, but that poll, not very surprising in terms of the top four, and this is exactly how I voted my top four as well. North Dakota State, number one, 142 first place votes. They have almost 400 more points than James Madison. James Madison, number two, even though they finished 2018 at number nine. Yeah, they had 14 first-place votes. South Dakota State got a first-place vote. They're number three, which is exactly where they finished the 2018 season. Eastern Washington, they are number four. They were the national runner-up last year. They got three first-place votes after finishing last season number two. UC Davis out of the Big Sky Conference, they're number five. Their final ranking was two in, in 2018 was number seven. And then number six, Jacksonville State. So that Eastern Washington Jacksonville State game in week two or three, that'll be number four versus number six in the preseason ranking. So that'll be a huge non conference game for the Big Sky and for the Ohio Valley. Maine, who was a semifinalist a year ago, they they come in at number seven. Weber State, who was the co Big Sky champion for the second year in a row last year, they came in at number eight. Wofford, who finished last year number 13, they are up to number nine. They're an intriguing team out of the Southern Conference. Kennesaw State, a team that's been building a ton of momentum since bringing football to the forefront about five years ago. They finished last year number five. They come in at number 10. And then 11 through 20 goes Towson, Nichols, Colgate. Montana State in at number 14, a little bit higher than uh, they finished last season. They were number 17 in the final poll last year. Illinois State's 15. Indiana State, 16. Southeast Missouri, 17. So that Bobcats game versus SEMO. Uh, the third week of the year is going to be a really intriguing non-conference game, one of those huge Big Sky uh, crossover games with the Ohio Valley that is definitely going to resonate both for the Cats and their postseason prospects, but also uh, for the rest of the Big Sky as well. Northern is in at number 18. Furman is 19. North Carolina a is 20. Elon out of the CAA, they were the surprise of last year. They're at 21. Delaware from the CAA is 22. Sam Houston State, who used to be a, just such a powerhouse, they're at 23, so they're still ranked, but they have, they're nowhere close to what they were were a couple of years back. And 24, Princeton from the Ivy League. We'll get into that with Craig Haley. Should Ivy League teams be ranked? They don't play very tough schedules. They don't participate in the postseason. So where do they fit into the national mix? I want to ask Craig Haley that when they have him on, on the top of the hour. And then Montana, the Montana Grizzlies, number 25. So the Grizz ranked in every single preseason poll despite missing the playoffs for a third straight year last year. One thing I've got to touch on. I I never want to get into the politics of the world on this show because I know so many people listen to this show to get away from that stuff. They want to have this be a release. They want this to be fun. They want to just talk about sports. They want to hear about the Grizz. They want to hear about the Bobcats. They want to hear about all the great high school athletes all across the state. And I understand all of that. And I know that there's been some national ESPN personalities that have gotten into some hot water in recent weeks and uh, over the last couple years for becoming too political. I mean, Jamel Hill uh, was fired. Dan Levithard is currently suspended, so I know that there's some hot button issues out there. But I, you know, there's, there, there was two mass shootings over the weekend, and I think first and foremost we just have to acknowledge when that sort of stuff happens because it's so uh, tragic, it's so disgusting, it's so hard for us to comprehend and to compartmentalize. And uh, you know, it, it's honestly just quite. It, it's just it's unbelievable that this situation still exists, especially when you're talking about just going to the mall, just going to Walmart, just going to. Sunday school, you know, just going to do your everyday things, the things that make you happy, the things that reward you and give you life, the fact that there is a chance in America that you could lose your life in a situation like that. It's just deplorable and it's concerning. And the reason that I bring this up is first just to acknowledge the victims and their families and give thoughts to all of them and, you know, to just remind people to not let the fear overwhelm your way of life. It's hard to not think about, especially because this has become so widespread But the thing that I the reason I bring this up is to me, this weekend when college football camps are opening, it's usually one of the most joyful times of year because again, nobody's losing games in October, or excuse me, in August. Nobody has an opponent to prepare for. It's all just about internal expectations and optimism and the anticipation for something that brings us all together, which is college football. I think there's a certain community element, there's a certain pageantry attached to college football, and I think it's why it resonates, especially in rural places like Missoula, Montana, like Bozeman, Montana. There's nowhere else in the state of Montana They save maybe a Pearl Jam concert where you're going to go see a gathering of 25,000 people that are in attendance to see the same thing. I mean, we only have 900,000 people in this state, so the fact that there's nearly 50,000 packed into two different football stadiums on a college football Saturday, that's pretty unbelievable. But when I was going through my Twitter timeline all weekend because sometimes, you know, during college football opening weekend for fall camp, you are kind of glued to the social media, seeing what's going on at Eastern Washington, seeing what's going on at Weber State, seeing what some of the other writers are writing about the cats and the Grizz. And my timeline was just filled with all this stuff about the mass shootings and all these political arguments. And the the thing that I would just express to everybody is just that I know that there's all sorts of polarization going on in America right now. And it's, it's exhausting. It's hard, but I just don't think that we have to fight and argue about everything. Everything does not have to be a divisive deal. I think we can all agree that no one wants our fellow Americans getting shot in public places, period. Doesn't matter where you stand on gun rights. Doesn't matter what you think of assault rifles. Doesn't matter what you think of the Second Amendment. Doesn't matter what you think of the NRA. Doesn't matter what you think of the left or the right or any of that stuff. We're all humans. We're all on this great journey together. And I think that trying to unite ourselves in situations like this, rather than argue, Over who's right what needs to be done why not just let the moment itself resonate and and grieve for those that lost their lives i just think it's it's ridiculous that social media has become such a breeding ground for hatred and that's the thing that drives me nuts is i can't even write just a simple story about a kid from montana without having you know say this kid plays for the cats well all of a sudden now my twitter feed is filled with all these grizz fans bashing this guy now say this kid plays for the Grizz. Now my Twitter feed's filled with all these cat fans bashing this guy. It's like these are kids. Lay off it. Why can't we just let something just be? Why, why can't it just be a good story? Or in the case of these mass shootings, a terrible story. It doesn't have to incite an argument. It doesn't have to divide us even further. And I just think that this time of year, we should just remember what we love about summer, what we love about the fleeting days of summer, what we love about the optimism over the return of the school year, of the football season, All those different factors. I think there's a lot to be said there. And I don't think we need to sit there and argue about it. Argue with each other all the time over everything. My advice to everybody on Twitter, just be nice. On Facebook, just be nice. If you're going to use social media, you don't have to use it for vitriol. You don't have to use it for divisiveness. Just don't say anything at all. Or just let it linger. That's my rant. I hope that everybody can find some solace, some escape, some fun, uh, and some good-hearted laughs when you listen to 2 tell nuanas, And we'll be back with some more deep football analysis that hopefully can take your mind off of anything and everything. Three big things from Bobcat and Grizzly Fall Camp with Brooks Nuanas, Two-Tale 129 ESPN Missoula. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an
0: awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. It is Two-Tail nuanás minus two-tail, just nuanás rolling with you today. Well, we're marching through another Montana football hour presented by Lithia Ford. As always, broadcasting to you from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, now carrying Husqvarna dirt bikes, beta dirt bikes, and the brand new Razor 1000s. If you want to check us out online, you can hit us up, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We'll have a whole bunch of stuff on there uh, from fall camp on both the Montana and Montana State side of things. Like I said, it's the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. Lithia Ford of Missoula is proud to announce the arrival of their all-new 2019 Ford Ranger. The 2019 Ford Ranger features the best-in-class towing of up to 7,500 pounds, best-in-class payload over 1,800 pounds, and is rated the most fuel-efficient gas-powered pickup in America. If you're in the market for a midsize pickup, then look no further than the all-new Ford Ranger. Get yours today at Lithia Ford in Missoula. Earlier today, I was in Bozeman covering Montana State fall camp. Here's some analysis from Brooks Nuwana, SkylineSportsMT.com on both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford and Missoula breaking down the Big Sky Conference, the Montana Grizzlies, the Montana State Bobcats. It's that time of year, fall camp raging on around the country. Got started in Bozeman on Friday afternoon Actually, more like Friday evening, and uh, Montana they reported on Sunday, and they'll be back in action live for the first time on Tuesday, uh, so it'll be interesting to see to compare and contrast the Grizz and the Cats. We've got a chance to see the Cats live and in person Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I won't get a chance to see the Grizz until Tuesday, uh, so a little bit of ahead of, of the of the game here covering the Cats, but uh, it'd be interesting to see. And there's a lot of interesting stories coming out of both sides. If you check out SkylineSportsMT.com, we we'll give you our four biggest storylines to watch. For both Montana State and Montana, but now joyed to hear Brooks Nuance recording this remotely from Bozeman, a little bit ahead of Monday's show. Brooks, thanks for being with us. Absolutely, man. Montana State gets kicked off Friday evening, and a lot of hype surrounding this Bobcat team. There's a lot of new guys that we were eager to see, uh, including a couple Washington transfers in the form of Amadre Williams and Jason Scrampos, who are expected to play on that defensive line. If those guys can have the success that Bryce Dirk had a year ago, that's a welcome addition for Montana State, and it looks like they have a chance to really reload up front despite losing three senior captains on that front line. They have four starters back on the offensive line and five guys that have starting experience on the offensive line coming back. Uh, they have all three of the wide receivers coming back, including a pair of captains and Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis. They do have to replace a bunch of tight ends. They had three senior tight ends last year, but it looks like they have a chance to upgrade, at least in terms of overall talent, Uh, at that spot, especially with the addition of true freshman Ryan Lonergan, who's really turned heads early in camp. Uh, And then on defense, the secondary stacked, probably the best pair of safeties in the Big Sky Conference with Braden Conkle and Jacque Allen Roman back there, and maybe the best press corner in the league in Munchie Filer. Uh, The other cornerback spot is definitely going to be one that's going to be highly contested. But all that said, Montana State still does have some some glaring weaknesses at some key positions. And uh, so we're going to get into the, the three big things that we think about both Montana State's ball camp and Montana's ball camp from Brooks' perspective, starting with the Cats. So, Brooks, first and foremost, what did you think of the overall vibe of Montana State the last four days, and, and what is your number one uh, big thing for the Cats this ball camp?
4: Well, the vibe was so different than college football has been for so many years as as college football just – logistically has changed with no two a days less contact um, a completely different vibe the first day a lightning storm came and they 30 minute weather delay come back out a little bit disjointed it felt it felt like you know maybe this season's getting off on a funny foot but then day two things things started to look pretty good for the cats uh lots of different depth at, at multiple positions um and then day three they put on the pads and you got to see them mixed up a little bit so overall it was a, a pretty good start to camp Um, but things have changed in college football, and I think that'll be evident across the country. It'll be interesting to see see the differences with Montana's camp and kind of how those things have progressed. Overall, number one uh, storyline for the Cats has got to be the quarterback battle, and what does that look like? Uh, Redshirt sophomore Tucker Rovig comes in probably as the leader in the clubhouse, uh, and then redshirt freshman Casey Bauman comes Comes in 6'7", 230 pounds, looks the part, spins the ball pretty darn well. Both quarterbacks struggled early uh, in both days but then settled in, um, and then we did not get to see a full practice of the third day due to media constraints. So quarterback battle's got to be the number one thing. Uh, Cats still don't have uh, a number one there, which is probably their biggest weakness, uh, which is a big part of football, as everyone listening to the Montana Football Hour knows. you got to have a quarterback if you want to win games. The schedule plays favorably to the Cats, uh, but Jeff Cho, head coach Jeff Choate has mentioned several times that he wants to get a, a starting quarterback named after the first scrimmage, which is next Saturday, August 10th, uh, which is a very tight timeline for a, a group that's still relatively young and relatively inexperienced.
1: Like
0: Brooks mentioned, yesterday's practice was closed, but uh, apparently Tucker Robic had a better day than he did the first three days. He really struggled the first three days. It seemed like he turned the corner. Here's what Jeff Choate had to say following Sunday's practice.
3: I actually thought the offense kind of had the upper hand, hit some shot plays down the field. Tucker had a very good day, uh, very efficient in the pass game, taking advantage of what the defense was giving us, and uh, I think it was good.
0: Interesting part about a quarterback battle between a redshirt sophomore like Rovig and a redshirt freshman like Casey Bauman is they tried to bring Bauman along last year, but mostly he was just operating as a scout team guy. He did travel. He was practicing with the varsity, but not a lot of reps within the scope of the offense, whereas Tucker Rovig, He's had multiple chances to win this job. They pitted him against Chris Murray coming out of the spring of 2017. And then last year he was kind of fighting it out with Murray again that spring. And then into fall camp fight it out with Troy Anderson. And he's never able to really seize control. And I thought Brooks asked a good question to Jeff Chote the other day just about what does Rovick need to do that you haven't seen uh, that would get him to become the entrenched starter by that August 10th deadline, and you know, I just I, I think it's it's so fascinating because you kind of know what you have when it comes to practice. And Chote has talked extensively about how when Rovick gets in a rhythm, he's a lot better. But it takes him a lot long time to get in a rhythm. He's not in a rhythm right out the gates hardly ever. And I think that that's just a worry if you're the Cats.
4: Yeah, it's an absolutely a worry, and a, a big part of it. And we've had a lot of people ask us about, well, is he not be able to get in a rhythm or produce at practice? because Montana State has a very good defense. And there's definitely some, there's definitely a, a part of that that I think plays. There's a lot of 1-1s, of 1s uh, versus 2s. There's really never a situation where there's a big mismatch on offense or defense, um, which is probably the the style of camp that I would prefer as a coach or a fan or a player. Uh, but there's definitely not a lot of opportunity to get Rowans considering that you're kind of just thrown into the fire if you're not doing one-on-ones. But we talk about it a lot in individual style drills, the quarterbacks still have not taken steps to where you're very impressed or amazed by the style of throwing, just even on air. Uh, so those are things to be uh, have a concern about. But I also think that Jeff Choate has given Tucker robic every opportunity and will continue to do so. Um, again, only a redshirt sophomore, a guy who's played a little bit. And, and Casey Bauman is only a redshirt freshman. I mean, he's a freshman uh, who really came from a small two-way high school in Washington um, with with not a lot of experience reading and, and playing under fire. So I think that that it plays a lot into Bowman's development, um, but I think Rubick will continue to get the chances. Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula.
0: A little segment recorded in Bozeman, Montana, breaking down Montana State and Montana. Big three storylines coming out of each ball camp. And, Brooks, the second one you had on your list was inside linebacker. I uh, don't necessarily need to – break down each individual guy as much as just talk about the competition broadly. Right now, Callahan O'Reilly and Michael Jobin running with the ones, Nolan Askelson and Walker Cozy rolling with the twos, Blake Flovin and Jahari Martin rolling with the threes. But the guys with the most experience who are the most proven players are Josh Hill and Chad Kanoa, a couple of guys that missed the second half of last year, or in Josh Hill's case, the the duration of last year with the exception of the North Dakota State game. And so you got guys that have experience that have made plays that are a little bit behind because of their injury situation. You got guys that are kind of working hard, try hard guys that are playing newer, newer positions to them. We talk about O'Reilly and Jobman. Then you got the upstart in Nolan Askelson, who's a redshirt freshman out of Billings Senior, a former class AA Defensive Player of the Year, and a guy who's put in all the time in the world Walker Cozy, a fifth year senior. And then you got the new guys that are kind of trying to make a splash Blake Flovin's a junior college transfer, Jahari Martin, a true freshman. But you have eight guys there. And I think it's a good situation to have eight guys and have eight bodies. But on the other hand, none of those guys has really risen to the top. None of those guys are elite players. Josh Hill has shown that he can be a really good player in the Big Sky Conference. But it's a matter of can he get healthy, and the rest of those guys have a ton to prove. So, in your ideal world, it, well, the way that that position battle shakes out, who who is the top? Uh, who who do you think is the best suited? What's the ideal situation for Montana State? Who are the best guys to man that spot if everything went according to plan?
4: Well, I think that Josh Hill, you I know, mean, you always want to rely on experience. I think that Josh Hill is probably their best player on the inside, uh, especially his ability to have shown film on film what he can do. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. I think he'll be a football player through in and throughout for a long time. Um, even though he has suffered a back injury, uh, he's the kind of guy that has been injury prone, but when he's on the field, he's very productive. So I, I like Josh Hill, Nolan Askelson there a lot. I think Nolan Askelson's the kind of guy – Sometimes we put a little bit too much weight in when you're young and good, you have more upside. But sometimes guys just max out even when they're young. So I don't know what his potential is, but I like him a lot now. And a big part of that is the fact that he is young. The fact that he is kind of a clean slate, a guy that you can teach a lot of those positions. With Can I own scheme and the way that Troy Anderson is going to play outside linebacker, Sam linebacker, In a field-based scheme, so I assume during the Montana football hour that all of you guys are up to speed on your X's and O's and schematics that (laughs) Tutel and Nuanes have taught you. But when you're playing a field-based scheme where the field is the strong side no matter where the strength of the offense is, then Troy Anderson is going to be isolated in a large area of space with Bryce Sturck likely playing strong end. Amadre Williams, a transfer from Washington, is going to play buck end, which will be in the boundary. So you have both edges secure, which really puts a lot of emphasis, especially on the will linebacker. So I think that the mic in most in most defenses is going to be vitally important. But in this scheme, I think that the will is as important as any position at Montana State, and it has been for quite a few years in multiple different styles of scheme. So not only is the mic the most important, I think that will is really going to become such an vital position for them. I don't necessarily know who fits in there, but I front runners for me personally as a a guy who likes different styles of players. I think Joshua and Nolan Ackleson are probably the guys that I like the best of that group.
0: It's a good point because Montana State ran a completely different scheme under Jamie Marshall and then co-defensive coordinators with Jamie Marshall and Kane Ione for the nine years under Rob Ash. But the run fits were all about the will linebacker, and that's why you saw guys like Jody Owens, the 2012 Big Sky Conference MVP, Alex Singleton, who's a guy who's fighting for an NFL spot with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Those guys had a ton of opportunities because everything was filtered back to them because, like you said, The edges were secured. Montana State had such good defensive ends back then that a lot of times everything filtered back right towards that Will linebacker. A lot of times the Mike linebacker, which Clay Bignell did as well as anybody, is just he's taking on the block and he's making the cutback happen because you know the Will guy can clean it up. And that's a spot that I think Montana State really needs. Last year you saw that same thing. Grant Collins would take on the blocker at the point of attack, cut back right at Michael Jobman. Michael Jobman had a bunch of tackles, but did he make very many plays? That's where Montana State really needs to take the next step. Third storyline for Montana State. Brooks, you mentioned just the offensive changes. Montana State, under Jeff Choate, has relied so much on running quarterbacks. Chris Murray rushed for over 1,100 yards, the second most ever by a quarterback in Big Sky Conference history. Two years ago, Troy Anderson shattered the Big Sky Conference record for rushing yards by a quarterback, 1,412, last season. Montana State has been one of the top three rushing teams in the league, and they are the only team in the league that's led the league in rushing other than Cal Poly since Cal Poly joined the league in 2012. That's so how all the Bobcats are on the ball. But they've had a unique factor in the fact that they've had the most prolific running quarterbacks in the Big Sky, in the history of the Big Sky Conference. But the scheme can't help but change if you're going to roll with Tucker Rovig or Casey Bauman, and that's going to be an interesting factor to see how it does
4: change. Yeah, I think it'll absolutely change. I think Matt Miller is not going to take this opportunity lightly as far as being able to showcase something that, Could potentially better him in his career. I think he's the kind of guy, Matt I think Matt Miller's the kind of guy that is FBS coordinator, FBS head coach um, in his future. So I think that he's the the kind of guy that's gonna take this opportunity and 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 showcase exactly what he thinks offensively has been wrong with Montana State as far as changing those things. I don't think he'll sit around and do a lot of the same stuff um, and waste time with that. So I've seen a lot of bubble screens starting to be implemented. One thing that I've been interested with is is a lot of tempo and a lot of hurry up, which is interesting with a, a young group of quarterbacks that has unproven to put them in a lot of tempo situations. But that's college football in this day and age, and you have to have that in your in your, in your back pocket at all times. Overall, I think that Montana State's offensive scheme will be the, the, the biggest difference, the biggest change, the third storyline to watch um, going through fall camp this, this 2019 season. Over the next week or so, we'll also give you some breakdowns on the defensive scheme
0: because I do think there's going to be some tweaks under Kane Iona. It seems like a much better fit there. Transitioning into the other side of the rivalry, Montana, the Grizzlies open fall camp on Tuesday. Uh, in terms of their practice, they have a meeting day today, and I think that that's where Bobby Houck lines out everything that he has for expectations. Everybody meets with their position groups. Everybody is It's designed to just make sure that everybody is on the same page so they can practice as efficiently as possible. And Brooks, I know you only played for Coach Hauk for one year, but I know it's something that left an impression on you, especially just the regimented details of the way he operated fall camp. Do you remember back then having a day where it was just a meeting day to, to lay out everything, or is that something new that Bobby Hauk is, is doing right
4: now? I mean, yeah, there's definitely a, a, a night before where you meet, um, but I, like I say, college football has changed so much as far as, there was always, and we'll see, You know, I haven't been around Bobby Hauk's camps in a while, but there was always this element of surprise. Nowadays, especially in Bozeman with Jeff Choate, there is this understanding of exactly what's going on. Like there is there is hours worth of meetings of just showing you how to do the drills that you're going to do. That wasn't necessarily the case with Bobby Houck. It was more of like a jump in the back of the line as a young guy and see what happens. You better pay attention because it's gonna come fast. Everyone in front of you might know, but part of the learning curve was a little bit of the unknown. It was a part of the test that you get kind of put through. So I assume that there'll be some stuff like that that's that's similar. You know, they'll always throw some curveballs at you. Um, but, yeah, I, I, there's always a part of, of getting together and talking about what the camp looks like, but I think that college football is changing, and I think it's probably for the better, as Jeff Chiod has mentioned several times. But there's going to be some things that, that we who all have known about it for so long will miss. That's one
0: thing that's interesting for me is watching Bobby Oaks practice his first tenure and then now watching him now. So much of them are the same, especially the, the beginning parts. There's so much attention to detail. They do all these special teams circuits and individual circuits. So there's so much prioritization on the individual development before anybody goes into any sort of team drill. And to me, we agree, that was one of the number one storylines coming into this Chris camp is how much more fluid are they this year compared to last year? Because when you when you had a program under Bob Stitt, they did so much team and so much install all the time. There was hardly any uh, dedication to the individual development of guys. And now that's been a, a, a the complete opposite under Bobby Howe. The first spring was a complete learning experience and there was really no position battles it was all just about everybody getting on the same page last fall Hawk basically bemoaned his team for about three weeks because he did not think they were practicing efficiently then they turned a corner and you could really see them get better but to me they looked so much more efficient and so much more on the same page in spring if they can carry that momentum into the fall I think that could really accelerate the program as a whole because one thing you and I have talked about Brooks is just the fact that Montana somehow gravitated away from the no-star system that prioritizes player development in the scope of a team dynamic into more of a star system that prioritizes high-level recruiting, but not, not the same all-for-one, one-for-all attitude. That's one thing that Bobby Houck has really tried to get back uh, as the identity of Montana is this no-star system where everybody has a chance to individually develop within the scope of a team game. And it seems like if Montana can get back on that page that could just go so far into the Grizzlies reaching the level that they used to be at. But it, it's going to be fascinating to see what they look like day one of camp because they seem like they've made progress in that particular area, but they're nowhere near where they were 10 years ago.
4: Yeah, nor do I think that that will happen overnight. I think that that's a pretty long process. I I, I, I can't necessarily quantify how long that took to get to there in the first place, but I think that it's, a, it's more than a year process. I, I, I think it's more than just... Uh, a, a recruiting class process. I think it's, it's it maybe a generational process that will take a, a bit of time. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to hear you say that, too, because it's not necessarily just on Bob Stitt. This is something that's been a trend for 10 years. Yeah. The, the, in, uh, the individual development of players within the scope of a team was Bobby Howick's specialty, and that's not been the specialty of the Grizz for the last 10 years. And I think that's why you haven't seen the same level of guys like Mark Mariani and Corey Bierman and Colt Anderson uh, you know, walking on and then becoming NFL players. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. In terms of position groups, to me, it's the offensive line and the corners for Montana. It's the same weaknesses they had a year ago. I think Montana has gone from being a question mark at safety to being good at safety, particularly because of the emergence of Robbie Houck. I think that Montana is just fine at inside linebacker with Dante Olson, Jace Lewis. I think that the D line, if some of the young guys can rise up, I think they have a chance to be okay. I think the tight ends went from a group that didn't exist to a group that's one of the best in the big sky. The receivers, uh, they're as stacked as anybody led by Sammy Akim, Kim, who I think is one of, if not the best receiver in the league. Dalton Sneed's a great quarterback, but it's the offensive line and the corners. Can the corners cultivate some more depth? Can they get anybody to challenge Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash? Can some of their transfers like Macal Tolliver make a splash? But then on the offensive line, how much of an impact do the two junior college transfers make? Moses Mallory and Cordell Pilons those two guys are crucial. They're going to have to contribute for Montana to make strides. And if they do, then Cy Sermon will be solidified at center. And then you have two guys that are kind of project guys in Conlon Beaver and Colton Kynes at tackle, but they're back for their second year as starters. And a lot of times you see them make big leaps. But you know, Montana, the, the offensive line was such a huge storyline last year, Brooks, but it seems as if. They've got, they've got a little bit better if these junior college guys can pan out. And also, although the coaching staff and everybody around the league and everybody around the state talked about their deficiencies on the offensive line, they actually operated on offense better than a lot of people expected. They could not convert short yardage stuff, but they hung 50-plus points in multiple league games, and so much of that was Dalton Snead. But also, I mean, when you really talk about it, I'm like in the cac game, The Cats definitely won the line of scrimmage, but it was not an incredible domination like you'd expect when you're talking about the best D-line in the conference versus the worst offensive line in the conference. So if two new players plus elevated confidence for Cy Sermon, Conlon Beaver, and Colton Kynes, maybe Montana's offensive line has a chance to make a little bit of a
4: jump. You definitely, you'd assume so, especially, like you said, I think it's one of the biggest jumps you can make is... A young guy, you know, freshman or sophomore, starting on the offensive line, then after a full year of development, the offseason has such a different implication because you know what mass you need, you know what style and technique you need to work on, just the mass in, at all. When you're sitting there and you're playing as a young guy, at left tackle, and you're taking rep after rep in games, and you're like, wow, 15 extra pounds would help. You know what to do, and you can't do it during the season, so... That jump is real. I think that they they will improve there. I think they need depth uh, at offensive line more than anything. I think you do have five guys that can start, especially if the junior college guys pan out, which it seems to be on paper that they certainly will um, at least be functional and or serviceable, if not pretty darn good. I think you need to find a sixth and seventh guy there no matter what. Injury happens um, and, and attrition happens on the offensive line especially.
0: I think the good part about for Montana is that the sixth and seventh guys now have a chance to be guys that have been in the program and that are a little bit more physically developed. I think that if when Dallas Hart is a fifth year senior and he's your sixth or seventh guy, that's pretty good. And and if Brandon Scott or. Uh, you know, Angel Villanueva. The These guys have played in games, and if those guys are more depth guys rather than guys you're relying on to be your best guys, I think that that is it's a testament to the at least slightly improved depth.
4: Yeah, but and the big thing there is those those guys have all played, and so if you bring in two JC guys and Angel Villanueva, what kind of depth does he have mentally to be able to hang in there and and contribute to a team as maybe a non starter? That's a tough position to be in. Uh, all those kind of you know, anytime you talk about JC guys coming in and taking starting spots. You have to have a little bit of camaraderie there to get through stuff like that. So depth will be who are those uh, – and, and, and vice versa. If the JC guys end up not starting and they came here to start and they end up not starting, how does that room look and feel? So six, seven, eight might have plenty of depth to, to fill those spots, but those roles are really important. And who's willing to seize those roles? Uh, same with corner. I think corner is really shallow. And it's, a big, it's a big thing, especially the Big Sky Conference. Teams are getting back more towards running the ball like they have traditionally – um, throughout all of college football, but especially the Big Sky, there's still going to be a lot of passing teams and a lot of uh, of aerial assault where you need some corners. Uh, so I think that the corners, the other spot. I also think running back's a spot. I don't know that you you didn't mention it, uh, but I think running back. Even though there's a lot of guys, including some transfers, uh, when we talk about Grizz teams of the past, <laughs> how do you get away from identity with Robin Flugrad and Bob Stitt both being a little bit more pass oriented? you talk about running the ball, and this team right now doesn't have a Lex Hilliard, and that's def- right. and that's definitely not a, a, a slight to anybody, but those Grizz teams were really good because they had Chase Reynolds, and they had Lex Hilliard, and onward and onward and onward, so many good running backs that have come through that have been workhorses and have actually set the pace and set the tone for the entire team across the board of what style of team you're going to be. I don't think this Montana team has that yet, especially up front, but in the backfield, I think it's another position battle to see who can become that true next level workhorse.
0: Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford and Missoula Brooks Nuana is joining us, breaking down fall camp on both sides of the Great Divide. And last point for you, Brooks, just quickly, Bobby Hauk is one of the most unabashedly confident people you will meet. And it's not inauthentic. He truly is so confident. And I talked to him multiple times this offseason. He he's not taking the the approach of We're rebuilding this thing. We're going to get this thing back on track. We're going to take incremental steps to get this thing back rolling. No. Bobby Halk thinks they're going to be damn good this year, period. And he talked about it both on the record and off the record throughout the offseason. Who's going to beat us? If we play at the confidence level we can play at and we play mistake-free football and we don't beat ourselves, who's going to beat us? And I think it's a very interesting dynamic. But in your mind, both playing college football and covering college football, how much influence can the confidence of a coach have on an on a locker room? And do you feel like if Bobby Hull can instill that unabashed confidence in this Grizz team, that could help them uh, take their games up a notch?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, I think it's really important. I think that college coaching is more important. A college head coach as a tone setter is probably the most important coaching position in all of sports. Uh, due to the outside constraints of how much effort you have to put in with recruiting and and fundraising, especially at this level, uh, to appeasing fans with handshakes and and kissing babies, all the way to scheme, identity, and presence, hiring coaching staffs, uh, defining what strength and conditioning programs look like. I think it's one of the most important things, um, one of the most important coaching positions in sports, and I think that the main title or most important job is instilling confidence in a team and instilling mentality. And I do think, it's no surprise to me when Bobby, how, he has, I haven't heard him say it, and he didn't tell it to my face, I've heard him say a bunch of different things to a bunch of different outlets about uh, where he thinks they'll be, but this is no surprise to me that he thinks they're going to be good, because I have a, uh, a, a thing to say to anyone who's listening is that they should have been good for a really long time. I, I don't see a lot of dip in talent, uh, I saw a lot of dip in culture. Uh, yep. there, there, was a, there was a big emphasis of this team has been taking a step back, and it's like, well, I thought for the last decade that if the Grizz line up and they have confidence that who's going to beat them. I thought that from, from the day that Bobby Houck left to the day he came back, and I don't see it being any different, especially with the team now that has a lot of talent. And that's the biggest
0: difference between those teams when I was in school and you were playing and now. You look at the 2008-2009 teams, you know, man for man. I mean, you look, at, like, look Put Cole Anderson next to Braden Conkle from Montana State. They're not even close to the same level of athlete. But Cole Anderson is so confident and so fearless in the way that he plays. You look at Dante Olsen compared to Sean Lebsack. I mean, Dante Olsen is an absolute freak athlete. Sean Lebsack is 6' foot tall, 220 pounds. But the level of confidence that Sean Lebsack played with, the way he was able to line up the Grizz defense, the way that they were able to rally around him, all the players around him on that defense. I mean, you look at the actual gifted talent levels of those guys. They're good. But it was the confidence that they played in. It's like Brooks said. They, they refused to lose. And that's something that the Grizz have lost. But that's something that is the absolute specialty of Bobby Howe, is getting his guys to believe that losing is not an option. And I think that was why last year was so hard for them because they were, you know, call it two and a half quarters away from being a 9-3 and three football team. They shouldn't have lost those last three home games. Give the Cats a lot of credit for, for coming back and, and winning that game because the Cats won that game. But Montana State... Excuse me, Montana beat themselves against Portland State. They imploded against UC Davis. They just spit the ball all over the field against North Dakota and absolutely shot themselves in the foot. You change the results of even two of those games there in the playoffs. You change the results of three of those games, they're a playoff seed, and you change the results of all those games, which hindsight's twenty twenty, but they're in the mix for Big State Conference champions. So I agree, the talent level isn't as deficient as people want to let on and that's been an excuse that's been made for almost a decade now. Instead, I think it really does come down to the mental aspect of it. That's all the time we have with Brooks Nuance. But check us out, SkylandSportsMT.com. we got all sorts of coverage. And we'll be continuing to grind out Montana State and Montana coverage, both sides of the Great Divide and the greatest rivalry in the West. It is the Montana Football Hour marching on, presented by Lithia Ford, Missoula. Brooks Nuance, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. Get ready to
4: strap it up. Football is coming down the pipeline.
0: There you go. Great analysis from Brooks Nuance, great perspective as well. This is the Montana football hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. Lithia Ford in Missoula is a proud to announce the arrival of the all new 2019 Ford Ranger. The 2019 Ford Ranger features best in class towing up to 7,500 pounds, best in class payload at over 1,800 pounds, and is rated the most efficient gas powered pickup in America. If you're in the market for a midsize pickup, look no further than the all new Ford Ranger. Get yours today. At Lithia Ford in Missoula.
1: Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it.
0: You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff
1: in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber-optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber-optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive,
0: innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. Go blackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: Oh, yeah, got to love it. Reese is
0: playing the good tunes back there today. You must know it's a Monday, trying to get me all hyped up. It is Tootel Nuwana's broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula. Now carrying Husqvarna Dirt Bikes, Beta Dirt Bikes, brand-new Razor 1000s, and all sorts of other Fun off-road vehicles. Go check them out at KurtzPolaris.com or at the KurtzPolaris location, 2904 West Broadway. It is the Montana Football Hour. We're already out of time, but we're going to extend it just a little bit, even though it's not going to be technically in the first hour of the show because we're going to get Craig Haley on the line here just after this next break. Craig is the senior writer and editor of Stats FCS. He's covered the FCS on a national level for a really long time. So we're going to talk about preseason polls, preseason awards, and all-American teams and uh, just where the Big Sky Conference fits into the national landscape. And I also have a little debate I want to have with him as far as Ivy League teams in the playoffs as well. This has been the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. Lithia Ford of Missoula is proud to announce the arrival of the all-new 2019 Ford Ranger. 2019 Ford Ranger features best-in-class towing up to 7,500 pounds best-class payload at 1,800 pounds and is rated the most fuel-efficient gas-powered pickup in America. If you're in the market for a mid size pickup, then look no further than the all-new Ford Ranger. Get yours at Lithia Ford in Missoula today. The first Montana football hour of August in the books, but we have fall camp coverage for you every single day, both right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana, and SkylineSportsMT.com. Keep the dial right here. On the other side, Craig Haley. FCS stats, talking national FCS football, where the big sky, the Montana Grizzlies, the Montana State Bobcats fit into the mix. Two telling the Gotta love it. Reese is playing the good tunes back there today. You must know it's a Monday. Trying to get me all hyped up. It is Tell Nuwana's broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula. Now carrying Husqvarna dirt bikes, beta dirt bikes, brand new Razor 1000s, and all sorts of other fun off-road vehicles. Go check them out at KurtzPolaris.com or... At the Kurtz Polaris location, 2904 West Broadway. It is the Montana football hour. We're already out of time, but we're going to extend it just a little bit, even though it's not going to be technically in the first hour of the show, because we're going to get Craig Haley on the line here just after this next break. Craig is the senior writer and editor of Stats FCS. He's covered the FCS on a national level for a really long time. So we're going to talk about preseason polls, preseason awards, and all American teams, and uh, just where the Big Sky Conference fits into the national landscape. And I also have a little debate I want to have with him as far as Ivy League teams in the playoffs as well. This has been the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. Lithia Ford in Missoula is proud to announce the arrival of the all-new 2019 Ford Ranger. 2019 Ford Ranger features best in-class towing up to 7,500 pounds, best class payload at 1,800 pounds, and is rated the most fuel-efficient gas-powered pickup in America. If you're in the market for a midsize pickup, then look no further than the all-new Ford Ranger. Get yours at Lithia Ford in Missoula today. The first Montana football hour of August in the books. But we have fall camp coverage for you every single day, both right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana, and SkylineSportsMT.com. Keep the dial right here. On the other side, Craig Haley, FCS stats, talking national FCS football, where the big sky, the Montana Grizzlies, the Montana State Bobcats fit into the mix. Two tell and one